murder, divorce, drugs. Our courts are full of stories, scary, sad, and hilarious. Most are tales stranger than fiction. These are true law stories, brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, the ultimate resource for customer and client video stories. Welcome back to True Law Stories. I'm Ian Garlic, and today we are going to talk divorce stories with my good friend and amazing attorney out of South Florida, Andrea Reed. Andrea, thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Good to have. Good to be here. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Andrea and I always have fun talking, so I know this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> she is a great storyteller, so this is going to be very, very interesting. We're going to talk today about uh, house being blown up, uh, about. DNA test gone awry, and uh, you also have another story about uh, a helicopter. So um, you know yeah. all the you know DNA is the usual and and the rest, but blowing up houses and helicopters is more criminal defense slash <laughs> it personal sounds more injury. Like, like a, yeah, it sounds more like an action movie than my career, but but hey, you're in South Florida. This is par for the course. Uh, <laughs> pretty much so before we get started andrea tell us a little bit uh, about your practice you're you're in boca tell us a little bit about how you got into family law so i got into family law about uh right out of uh, my third year of law school i was offered an internship at the legal aid society of uh, west palm beach and i started there working in their family department for about six months of a of a school year um, I got out of that. I got, I graduated, I passed the bar and I started working for a personal injury firm. A few months into working for the personal injury firm, the Legal Aid Society called and said, we have a family law position opening up. So I go to the head of the, the, the main partner in the practice and I say, my dream job opened up. And he said, your dream job. I said, yeah, there's a family law position open up at Legal Aid in Palm Beach County. And he was like, laughing he thought i was joking <laughs> and i said no i'm serious i want to do family law all of that he was like i promise you you will never make in family law what you're going to make in pi but go with it you want to do it go with it and i could just see him laughing you know all the way there um you know the justice in that at the end of the day is i was at the ritz carlton in miami and i'm floating around in the pool and there he is floating around in the same pool so i guess we did all right bud yeah yeah doing all right i mean but you're i mean you're a great attorney we've you know i've seen a lot of your stories and and you help people out you know what's the hardest part about being a family law attorney you know i think the hardest part is that we see people when they're in a divorce at their absolute worst you know, the, you know, the old saying, a criminal attorney has their clients at their best because they're behaving. Well, we see people at their worst. And when it comes to a divorce, it's a dead, it, it's a, it's a tragic incident in most people's lives. And so what we find is that their emotions just don't connect with reason. And so I have to cut through that and help people make good business decisions. And, you, you know, you don't think of a divorce as a business decision, but at the end of the day, it is right. You have you know, finances that need to be cut in half and you have decisions you need to make about minor children that are going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So what's hard about doing that is that I have to be, you know, the calm in the storm. You know, I have to be the one who can rationalize to irrational people about really important things in their lives. So I would say, I think that's the biggest challenge. That's the hardest part. I mean, that's tough. And, and, and a lot of times there's never a winner, is there? 
No, you know, there really isn't. I mean, if people can't, if people can't get together and do things collaboratively for their family, you know, you, you people forget because they're getting divorced, they forget that they're still a family and they're going to be a family to this child or, or for the rest of their lives. Now, the easy cases, of course, there are no children. Everybody, never, nobody has to see each other ever again if they don't want to. Um, but when there's a child involved, yeah, that, that makes it quite difficult. And so what's the best part about being a family law attorney? Oh, you know, for me, it's um, watching somebody come in at their worst and then watching them leave with hope and then finding out later that their lives are changed for the better. And I would tell you that the majority of the time, that's exactly how it happens. Like I have a, I have a client that came to me to get divorced. Her husband had cheated. She was devastated. She was at rock bottom in her life. She had given up her sales career to be part of this family and to raise the children. He decided he wanted a newer, younger model and uh, went out and, and had an affair. So her divorce ended abruptly. She was a wreck and she was a wreck for about a year as we went through some significant stuff in the divorce. Um, you know, two weeks ago, I opened up Facebook and there she is having been salesperson of the year in her pharmaceutical company and having just knocked it out of the park. So the best part for me is watching people go from, you know, the ashes up and then and then turning their life around because I help them make good decisions about, you know, what to do and set them up properly. That's fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. great It's because it, it's a tough time, but it's like anything on the other side of a lot of those tough times is a great outcome instead of just feeling Usually, bad. Usually, yeah. You know, if, if we can get people to make good decisions, they're going to have great outcomes. If they make bad decisions, they're going to be disappointed in the outcomes in the future. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about some of the crazy stories because, you know, like I, I like to usually have like heartwarming and stuff, but you have so many crazy stories. We're just going for the crazy stories. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And in and, and getting, and, and, you know, and in thinking about this, I mean, I really had to, I didn't have to rack my brain too much, but I did have to rack my brain because you become desensitized in this business to the crazy that you see. Um, because you see the worst. It is consistently crazy, right? So, yeah. um, you know, it never ends. I had a paralegal who once said, uh, you know, that she was keeping a notebook in her top right hand drawer that said, stuff you just couldn't make up if you wanted yeah and uh and that 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 i see a lot of and that's why we i mean that's why i started the show because i'm like i see these i've talked to so many attorneys over the years and they tell me these stories and they just don't get out there i'm like we've got to get them out there because the stuff you see on law and order is it's nowhere near the reality of oh, how no. crazy it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> it, I mean, I mean, it really should be a reality show. You know, back when I was at Legal Aid, we used to joke that it would be such a popular reality show if they walked through the the halls of our office and listened to some of the stories that you hear or some of the things we have to say to people sometimes. You know, like like, no, you you shouldn't send your son to the wife's house at 6 a.m. with donuts. That's not a good idea. Or <laughs> or no, or this is a good one. Or no, you cannot tap into the Wi-Fi and turn the heat up at midnight on the Echo Bee. Um, that's not a good thing. And and no, you know, the Schlage doorknob, you can't change the code so he can't get back into the house. And, and no, it's not a very nice thing if you take all the batteries out of all the remote controls or if you actually take the remote controls with you when you leave which by far is one of my favorite i mean 
I had a client who literally took every remote control, the television remotes, the fan remotes, the Apple TV remote. The man didn't have a remote control left to his name in their 6,000 foot square, square foot house. Oh my God. And that's like, you instantly understand the the luxury of remote controls and you instantly gave me about 8,000 pranks to play on people now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to mess with something? Leave, leave their house, leave, leave somebody's house with their remote control. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've done stuff like that and un, unintentionally, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but you know, the remote control can be your friend as well. I do have the client who the husband had taken some of her papers when they separated. So she went down to the Fort Lauderdale airport and she had the spare key to his car. And she went every floor of the parking garage, clicking the alarm button to see where she could find his car. Cause she knew he had gone away for the weekend, popped the trunk and got everything she wanted out of the car by using the remote. <laughs> but, oh my she, God. but she was driving around the Fort Lauderdale airport um, parking garage for like an hour or so before she found his actual car. That's determination too. But I mean, I guess if you need oh, those yeah. papers, you've got, you got to get the papers. Sure. Man. It, I mean, but you think about it, it's like the three most important things in people's lives are getting turned up. Like it's money, love, and children, right? Oh yeah. And their house, four things. Oh, so yeah. it's like, you throw it all in a pot. Now it's like, set it on fire and let's see what happens in this dumpster fire. Right. <laughs> right. And you can't, you really can't expect people to act you hope that they'll act rationally under those circumstances, but you really can't expect it because it's the perfect storm of bad acts. You know, it's yeah. the perfect storm of badness happening at the same time. Oh, so let's, I mean, those are awesome stories already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's just a day at the office. Yeah, that's just a day at the office. <laughs> um, tell me about the, the DNA mix up. That's, I think oh, uh, this one's interesting. That's one of my favorites. So we're litigating a case for like two years between a uh, boyfriend and a girlfriend. And my client believes that the child is his child, has no reason not to believe that the child's not his child. Two years into the case, after we've been litigating hardcore, and I say two years because somewhere in the middle, they decided they were going to get back together. So of course that postponed things for a little bit. So um we're back at it. We're two years in and uh, somebody contacts him and says, your son is not your son. I think he's my son. And so he asks his uh, baby mama, is this my child? And she says, of course it's your child. So he goes and he takes a DNA test, but he goes to Walgreens or one of the stores. I don't even know if there's Walgreens anymore. And he gets the DNA swab and he sends it in and it comes back that the child is not his child. So he calls me, he's like, turn it, you know, cut the whole case off. We have to disestablish paternity. This is not my kid, blah, blah, blah. The wife says, the mother of the child said, that is absolutely not possible. This is absolutely his child. And we arranged to send him to an actual paternity clinic and the whole thing. They swab the child again, and the child is actually his child. So that was wow. a bit of a roller coaster for a little bit. A bit of a roller coaster. It's my child. It's not my child. It is my child. I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, talk about Maury. You're yeah, not the exactly. father, <laughs> but let's double check. Oh, you are the father. That's like three episodes of Maury show. <laughs> yeah, and this, it was great. It was absolutely great. And, you know, in my office, we have a group text because we try to stay in constant contact about our cases with each other. And uh, that was a fun day. That was a fun day on the group text. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah, I love to come back because I, I want to get to the rest of these stories. I want to know what happened long term. Um, but so 
Next up is helicopters and divorce. Oh, yeah. And you were actually around when this case was happening. I think we were working on something. Yeah, I was there. I was actually in your office when this happened. Yeah. So I had a super, super. I wasn't getting a divorce. Let me, let me, let me say that. I wasn't getting a divorce. I, I was there for marketing you, were, you know what? Side note, whenever I have lunch with one of my husband's like friend's wives, it's like the town gossip. Like somebody must be getting divorced because she's having lunch with so-and-so. So no, there's no guilt by association here. We were not working on Ian's divorce. No. So um, no, I, I had this case and it was really contentious. The The husband and wife really, I mean, it was war. Let's just put it this way. The case started, you know, down here in Boca, we have a, a place called Boca Lake. That's around, it's a lake around uh, the Boca Resort. The case started... Um, with some cocaine and a yacht. So we'll start there. How everything um, starts. <laughs> everything starts with cocaines and yachts in Boca. So um, so the long story short is that uh, my client was in a relationship with a boyfriend, which by the way, was not news to the husband because his girlfriend had been on the yacht with his wife and her boyfriend the weekend before. Um, but the husband decided that he needed to get some footage of the wife and the boyfriend at the marital home. So he hired a helicopter pilot and a photographer and it was like paparazzi style. You know, they lived on the intercoastal. And next thing I know, my client is calling me because there's a helicopter hovering near her house and there's a large lens camera facing her taking pictures, which she is assuming is taking pictures of her and her boyfriend while they're sitting um, at the, uh, at the, at the uh, pool at the marital home. So, you know, obviously we know who it is. And the husband says, not me. It's not me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why the paparazzi <laughs> are trying to take pictures of my ex-wife at the pool. So needless to say, we had to contact the FAA. We had to get the tail number of the helicopter. We had to figure out that it was the husband. And it took a while actually to connect the dots to the husband, but no, no doubt it was him. And really what's the consequence for that? A slap on the wrist, like bad behavior. It, it really was just information gathering as far as the husband was concerned. Yeah. And I mean, nowadays you have drones. I wonder how many people are using drones for that exact reason. Oh yeah, I bet. Well, you know, the technology, the thing about the technology is that it's so far advanced of so many of my clients that they don't even think about how the technology is tracking them or how the technology is giving up information. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I have, you know, we talk a lot in my cases about they have these gizmo watches for the little kids yeah. and the gizmo watch will allow them to make the calls out to the parents, but it also is tracking them. And so if you want to track your ex-spouse, you can do so through your kid or you put 360 on their phone and you can even tell how fast your spouse is driving in the car with the child or how oh, hard man. they break at yeah. any at any given point. And so, you know, I remember the old days at legal aid where we would be, you know, the wife would say, I think he's tracking me. And we would send the car to an auto shop and they would find a magnet tracker that let's say is, you know, big or two, you know, two inches by two inches big. Now it's that little chip in anywhere. Yeah. Your phone. I mean, it's so funny because everyone's like, oh, the, the vaccine is going to track me. I'm like, you're already being tracked 10 different yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to see your I, your your podcast pop up in my iPhone when we're done with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you will. Well, that's because I'm going to spend a lot of ads. So <laughs> money on ads to get you there. It, you know, you don't think of family law as a, a detective, but obviously you have to be, don't you? 
You do, you know, we do a lot of forensic accounting and the forensic accounting is really tremendous. And, you know, speaking of technology in the forensic accounting world, you know, we've had a case where um, we noticed that something was off with the documents that were being provided. And it turned out that the husband had just manipulated the PDF bank statement. But what he forgot to do was, was change the running balance on the side. So he manipulated one number, but forgot that there was a running number on the statements. And thank God our forensic accountant caught it and she knew right away. And, um, you know, we're in a different world. I mean, I, I'm, you know, technology wise. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a lot away with a lot more 10 years ago, couldn't you? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It's that, it's that country song breaking up was easy in the nineties. <laughs> I've never heard that one. I'm going to have to look that oh, one up. Oh, it's great because you didn't see the Instagram post. You had no idea where she was, all those things. Yeah, it was just gone. It was just yeah. gone. And now it's like, yeah, you got to see them over and over again. I know. I didn't even think of that. Oh, oh yeah. It's scary. <laughs> well, you know, another episode we talked about too is like people don't think about the long-term online consequences and like criminal defense. When someone's accused of a crime, it's all over the place. Even if they did nothing wrong, they're already, and you know, they're judged for the rest of their life because of the internet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're starting to put more clauses into our agreements about, um, you know, post posting the children, you know, posting mm. what the children are doing, you know, you know, name, image and likeness kind of stuff with the children. I mean, it's, it's not, it's getting a little crazy. It's a whole different world. And, and what's the, what's the option? Opt out and go live on an island, right? Right. Well, the helicopter will get you at the island. <laughs> the helicopter will get you to the island as long as nobody <laughs> blows it up when you get there. So that's perfect segue <laughs> blowing up. So let's talk about, I mean, how many divorce attorneys have, have had to deal with explosions? Oh, it's so sad. What a terrible case. What a terrible case. So you've, you've had some experience with that one. I mean, I think, had you interviewed that? Yeah, client? yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You know, I, this was back, um, you know, I was at a, I was at another firm and the client came in to me and she uh, said, look, I mean, there's been a history of domestic violence in my relationship and things are getting really bad. And I think my husband's losing it. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent as a, as an attorney, who's done a lot of domestic violence work, you become a little desensitized to what violence is and what it isn't because the courts are so, so strict. And she says, you know, there's been a history, but I didn't call the police because I was always scared and, you know, I always hit it, but let me show you a picture. And she shows me a picture of a gas can on a, um, on her dining room table, not her dining room table, uh, the counter in her kitchen. And it's a red gas can, you know, um, and she says, I don't know what he's going to do with this, but it's really bad. So I said, you know what, let's do a restraining order right away. Let's see if we can get it. Restraining orders, you know, happen ex parte. So he's not going to know that you filed the restraining order until it gets granted or it doesn't. Well, thank God um, the judge at the time read the full petition and saw the picture of the gas can and he grants the injunction. Next morning, we decide we're not going to have it served the normal way. We're going to take the respondent packet to the cops and they're going to go and deliver it. And then she's got to go in and back into the house after that. So she meets the, the sheriff at her neighborhood. One she second, goes, sorry, Andrew, what's the normal way that they're delivered? So normally you just, the packet goes out to the sheriff's office and then the sheriff shows up at the house and serves you. But you have no idea when it's going to be served. It's whenever the gotcha. sheriff gets down. So what we had done in that situation was we knew that it was volatile. So we, they give you a respondent's packet in Palm Beach County. So she took the respondent's packet and said, would you, 
would you and thank God PBSO handled this amazing. You know, they went and they served him individually. So they go and they serve him at the house, the sheriff who was asked to come out and um, he packs his things and he goes and they follow him out and they follow him about a mile up the road or, or less. And then, you know, he turns off and they turn off. She's up at the at the pool in the community and she gets the call from the sheriff. OK, he's out of the neighborhood. Everything's fine. So she gets herself and she she starts going to the house. And as she pulls into the cul-de-sac, the garage door is going down. Uh, she had assumed he was out of the house and he he was out of the house, but had made his way back. So she sees the garage door going down and sees the tires in the garage. So she calls the sheriff and says, he's not out of the house. He came back. So they turn around and they come back to the house. When the, the, the police officer knocked on the door, he opens the door and she can smell gasoline in the house. And, um, next thing, you know, she backs away from the door and, you know, it's kind of a blur after all these years, but then next thing you see in the video of the neighbor's house that had a video facing their driveway is the front door blow off. And in the video, you see him run out the front door and run back into the house. He runs out and runs back in and thank God the cop made it to her car away from the house, but the house basically burnt, burnt down. Oh my God. It was devastating. And so he ended up charged. Interestingly, he ended up charged with felony arson. But the interesting part about that is they wouldn't place him under arrest down at Jackson Memorial because he had the burns. And I, you know, I guess they were they were hesitant to put him under arrest. Um, so he was literally in the hospital with no protection from her while that was all happening. Um, and we had to get agents out there to guard him and and actually do the arrest because for whatever reason they were they were waiting to arrest him you can draw your own conclusions from that one and um <laughs> and uh and needless to say he got charged with felony arson and i think we're six years away from that and now he's trying to get time sharing back with his children and we're fighting we're fighting the good fight to prevent that from happening because who knows who knows? I mean, yeah, that's, oof, geez. That's... Oh, that was horrible. That was just terrible. I mean, to walk through the wreckage of a burnt house, to smell it, to see it, to feel it is just um, devastating. But it, it, it throws, it throws everything into perspective, right? As a family mm -hmm. law attorney that you're not talking about intangible things. You're talking about actual people and there will be actual consequences to the work that you do. And, and if you don't see it, then you, you'll never see it, oh, you know? Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all the most important things. And also you, it, people get into the, like you said, into their worst states possible. And, you know, it's funny. I always tell people this, like I did, I was with my only wife, uh, you know, we were, we were together, boyfriend, girlfriend for nine years. And part of the reason was because I knew so many family law attorneys and heard stories like this. And I'm like, <laughs> Listen, I have, I have a young intern who's amazing and she is never getting married and having children. She's probably been so <laughs> scarred by her time here. I think before she got here, she had considered that, but I think I sealed that deal for her in her time here. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, but yeah, you do exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. You move forward with it. And like, it, if, if it were like, if I listened to every attorney, I would not drive my car. I would not leave my house. I would never get married. I probably wouldn't eat food. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's true. But you know what? It works out for, for so many more, um, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we do a lot of prenups, you know, and I've only had one client come back to me three times for three divorces when we've done her prenup, but Hey, yeah, love is out there. Love is out there. <laughs> Love is out there. It works. Um, and if it doesn't work, you call yeah. the Reed Law Group. Uh, so, Andrea, yeah, that's <laughs> what's the, the, we go to the readlawgroup.com if someone wants to get in touch with you. And you do all sorts of family law stuff. You do, obviously, yeah. divorce. You do prenups. Um, and you work all throughout South Florida, correct? I do. I do. I'm, I'm Palm Beach Gardens down to Miami-Dade and I do, um, you know, all sorts of divorces top to bottom. I, I kind of sort of, not, I don't, don't want to use the word specialize, but I would say that my strength is in the area of representing business owners, um, executives. And I think that the best part about my firm is that what we do is as a business owner myself, we honor the fact that life has to go on while you're in a divorce right? Like mm -hmm. you can't stop selling. If you're a salesperson, you can't stop owning. If you're the business owner, you can't stop your world for a divorce. And, and, you know, I see a lot of people do that and they don't trust their team or their team isn't doing their job and their business suffers. And so they, they end up worse off than they were when they started because, you know, they're too, they're too focused on the divorce and they're not making good decisions. Yeah. It, I mean, it can be very distracting. I mean, not, it it, is. from what I've heard. <laughs> yes, yes, but, it can be very distracting. I mean, it's 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 one of those things, and you, you've got to have the right person on your side. And I've, you know, you know, fair game. I've talked to a lot of Andrea's clients, and they've been so happy with her, and she's changed lives. And I'm glad you could be on the show and be a part of it, and tell all those crazy stories. And next time, we'll tell ha happy, heartwarming stories. Oh, I have plenty of those. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. Always, always fun. And thank you all for uh, for joining us on True Law Stories. It's been Andrew Reed, and I'm Ian Garlic. And make sure to check out thereadlawgroup.com and continue watching True Law Stories. True Law Stories has been brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. Testimonials stink. No one wants to watch a testimonial or read a case study. You need video case stories for your business. Go to VideoCaseStory.com to learn more.